Hello and welcome to episode number 45 of the Hobbies and Happiness podcast, where we talk all about the hobby that makes us happy, tabletop gaming. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Jim. And today, Dan, we're talking about not every game was made for you. Or me. Or you. Are you sure about that, Jim? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here today. We are on episode number 45. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. We're uh, five episodes away from 50. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it's pretty crazy to me. Did we ever look into when we started? Um, I mean, I think it's been a year now. It's, a year now. It's been April. It's been right around a year. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll have to. I'm gonna have to pull that up. I'm gonna <laughs> see if I can find the exact date. I'll have to do that after. <laughs> but yeah, we're we're right around we're right around that year mark of mm-hmm. when we started doing the podcast, and this is the first thing we started doing. Yeah. Remember uh, starting at my kitchen table yeah. at the other place. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're here. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> Yeah, that's it's cool. Like that's 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 just it's cool. It's re, it's like reminiscing and looking back mm-hmm. on like how far you've come. Um, even in a very short amount of time is is always it's it's a good thing. Uh, you don't want to live in the past, obviously, but it's always it's always a good thing to look back and see where you started from. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. Um, but we're talking about episode forty five today. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, so before we before we get into it, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, don't forget if you could go ahead, uh, give us a five star rating and leave us a review on the podcast platform that you're listening on. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, whatever platform you're listening on, or maybe you're watching us on YouTube. Either way, if you could leave us a review, like the video, leave a comment, um, give us some type of interaction that would be a huge help to us as we are continually looking to reach uh, reach a wider audience um, with this content um, it's kind of kind of interesting I say that and then mm. we're talking about the topic that we're talking about yes. of, of not every game is made for you um, so uh, yeah so this conversation <laughs> kind of we kind of started talking about it last Ooh. week on last week's episode which if you haven't yet go check it out um, we interviewed we had a good great conversation <laughs> with a with the Lord of the Board, Sam Smith. Um, it was fun talking to him. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I I had that much fun just talking to a guest in, in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is always funny when when they can kind of slip up a little bit and just <laughs> say some funny things, and then we all just laugh and have a good time. Um, yeah, so that was fun. Uh, yeah, we're, if your wife hasn't seen that yet, <laughs> Sam, <laughs> we're... <laughs> Either shield her from it, or <laughs> I'm gonna find her and just like, hey, did you know? Us. Did you know uh, what your husband said? <laughs> <laughs> that was probably the funniest, uh, the funniest point yeah, in that episode. Yeah, um, it was. Um, but, <laughs> but anyway, so towards the end of that conversation, um, I had brought up the question because um, we were talking a lot about villainous, um, and and kind of what. What I had noticed was, you know, I had been playing this game for a while because it's really the game that got me more into this hobby, mm-hmm. um, particularly. Um, but you know, if if you've watched our content for any amount of time, uh, or if you've known me personally, or even Jim, because Jim is is very much a similar way, um, but in different, but he's he's still very similar in in the standpoint of we're very 
we're very strategic players yeah. and we're um in even competitive like we're we're looking at every game from the strategic and the competitive side like the aspect <laughs> to it um I mean, even in Commander, right? Even mm. in a game that's more casual in nature, we're still trying to be more strategic and more competitive, yeah. right? But when you when we apply that to a game like Villainous, okay, it doesn't work out that way. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. And so, like, you can take that, and you can it can lead to either more frustration, or you can learn from it. Right. Mm -hmm. Learn something about yourself and then also learn something about the game. So um, so bef before we even get into it, I, I just want to point out I had a really rough time with this outline. <laughs> so um, what I like to do is before every episode, I'll type up an outline, which, you know, you, you normally you can see right in front of you, right uh, on the video. Um, and so, like, I, I normally try to um, really point out the conversation like point by point of kind of how, how how I want the conversation to go and this topic was just like it felt so disjointed in my head like <laughs> I had a very difficult time trying to make the conversation or the, even the points flow together so um I, I'm gonna do the best I can here <laughs> so we'll make it work yeah so so we'll see how it goes um but um so in the in that conversation right um but if you've watched our last Disney villainous video, because like I even had made mention of it in the video, I'm like, oh, you just wait, <laughs> just wait in that conversation. I'm like, just wait until you see this video. So our most recent Disney villainous gameplay video, there was a lot of frustration, a lot mm -hmm. of frustration. Now in the video, um, like <laughs> I laughed a lot of it off, and honestly, in the moment, I was I was frustrated, but. I have really learned to just laugh everything off. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm not having a good time, I'll make my point and say, I don't like this, but then I'll just laugh it off. Um, and, and that's really what happened. Like you, you'll really be able to see it, to see that in the video. Jim doesn't get as worked up as I do just because like, he's just not that way. Like he's yeah. not wired that way. Unless we're playing League of Legends, then it's a different story. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen him play League of Legends. I hate that game so much, Jim. <laughs> so maybe League of Legends wasn't made for you, Jim. Nope. <laughs> so, so really, and Jim, Jim will be able to attest to this because at the end of that game, I finally came to the realization. I'm like, F this game. <laughs> That's what he told me after after we cut the video. <laughs> I'm like, all right, we're, we're not rolling, right? Nobody can catch this. Can catch this footage. Yeah, yeah. Here's what I, what I really think now. Now, um, but I, I don't think Villainous was made for the type of player that I am. Yeah. Normally, normally, right? And that's not a bad thing. Um, it's just I I think it's the way it is. Um. So it's not a bad thing. It's not even necessarily a good thing. It's just it's it's a it's a realization and a fact. Mm -hmm. um, and so once I realize that, now in the future I'm I can really approach that game even if I'm sitting down with people who are more competitive and strategic in nature. That you know what this game isn't gonna be that way. Mm -hmm. And like if my expectation is a certain is is here, then if my expectation's here, then. I'm not looking to get here. And when I'm not reaching here, then I'm then I'll be frustrated, right? Yeah. Um, and we 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 kind of talked about that in the in, in in the in another episode where we, we where it was like know your play group. Like 
you know your game too, mm-hmm. right? Um, so it, it's it's really it's really that realization of okay, Dan, I don't think Disney Villainous was made for the type of player that you normally are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it it got me it got me to really think about that, and then also apply that into not just that particular game, but all games. Um, because like I've known, I've known this for, for a long time. Not all games are made for all people. Mm-hmm. They're not. Um, because I mean, if you think about it, right, if you think about it, there's so many different types of games, right? You look at, you look at a certain IP, like let's take Lord of the Rings, for instance, like mm-hmm. how many different Lord of the Rings games are there? I don't expect you to answer it. Six. Yeah. <laughs> Have like forty two. That's but, all. It's I mean, you right okay? Here, here, you've played Lord of the Rings games. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you if you had to guess, mm-hmm. how many Lord of the Rings games have you played? Oh man. I mean, it, give me a very rough estimate that I've played. Yes, um, that you've played. Okay. Um, I I think I I've played around seven, eight, nine different Lord of the Rings okay. games. Okay. Now, of those seven, eight, or nine, how many have you enjoyed? Um, I would say three off the top of my head I really like. Okay. Now, do you know, do you know, thanks, Harley. <laughs> We're going to leave that in. <laughs> yeah, we are. Do you know if you if you started to play those games because they're Lord of the Rings games or like for another reason? Hmm. I would say I first checked them out because of they because they were Lord of the Rings games, yeah. So that's that's a really strong point for licensing mm-hmm. for really big IPs. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like if you're a big IP, the designers and marketers know you're going to pick up the game because of the IP yeah. more than anything. Mm-hmm. Like so the the intellectual property of what it is is a huge selling point matters to to a lot. <laughs> Well, to any game, really. Yeah. Really to any game. Um, But but, but that's beside the point, right? So, uh, um, and and honestly, like, if we we really start to dive into the IP question, right? Mm -hmm. Like, designers and marketers use that IP more than they use the kind of game it is. Mm -hmm. When when we're talking about licensing, when we're talking about licensed games... It's not – it's like somebody's not selling you a game because they think you're going to enjoy it. They're selling a game because they want you to buy it because they have – they mm. had to buy the license. <laughs> so it's it's, re, it's, it's, a, it's a different – it's a different type thing, right? Um, so um, – all right. So you, 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 you know you enjoy like three to four of them, mm-hmm. right? Now, the ones that you didn't – the ones that you didn't like, you didn't enjoy, it had nothing to do with the IP, Correct. Uh, no, no, right. No, no, no. It 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 had everything to do with the type of game it was yep. and your preferences. Yep. Um, it was single player games. Really? Like, yeah. Interesting. That's yeah. right. Because you're not a big you're not a big single <laughs> no. player guy. But there is actually one single player that I'm I am a big fan of. Okay. It's on the PS2. It's called the Third Age, I believe it is. It's, oh, okay. Um, it's an ex- it's a it's an RPG like old school turn based. Mm-hmm. I use my attack, I use my magic, blah mm-hmm. blah blah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just a really big fan of those games as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those are that's like the only single player games I can play. So so if, if a game straight up 
you know going into it is single player, you're most likely not going to pick it up. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. I've had people at Grapple be like, "Oh, let's let's all get this one game." And I'm like, "Oh, uh, mm-hmm. is there multiplayer? Is it online? Like, how is how does it work?" They're like, "Oh no, it's single player." I'm like, "Why? Why would we all get this one game that's <laughs> single player?" <laughs> and I'm just like, "Okay, okay no, I'm not getting that. <laughs> that that's funny. That's yeah. very funny. Yeah, that's very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. now." Now I I do want to make I do want to make it clear we're not designers, mm-hmm. nor have we really had any conversations with designers that are going to back up anything that we say. Yeah. Um. All of everything that we're saying is, is from our standpoint and from our opinion. Um. So I I just I want to make that clear because we I have points here that again it's from our standpoint. Now I think we're correct. <laughs> we're going to be correct on things that we say. <laughs> But this is not coming from the standpoint of, you know, we've talked to designers and, like, we know they're, uh, you know, we know what they're thinking. We don't. Okay? You know what I'm thinking about it. Is there anyone's opinion that they think is wrong? Well, maybe not wrong, but I know, like, there's also, there's plenty of times to where I'm very open and say, look, this is my opinion and I could be wrong, but this is kind of how I think it is. Okay. Um. So I've, I mean, I've, I've thought about certain, some things that way before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also thought about certain other things to where here's my opinion. I have nothing to back it up, mm-hmm. but this is really what I think the situation yeah, this is. This is what we've noticed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. So it's a fair question though. Yeah. Um, okay. So I want to get into this here. Um, cause I've got a couple of things. So, so games, so game designers make games for a multitude of different reasons. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, the first thing I want to say, like, they could make it for re- literally any number of different reasons, okay? But but honestly, the way you're going to find it out is talk to the designer. Mm-hmm. Like, talk to whoever made the game, and they're going to be the ones to tell you who they made the game for, um, why they made the game, or, like, if you have a question about it, they're going to be the ones who are going to be able to answer the question, yep. right? Too often, and honestly, like only a couple times is is too often for this. I mean, I've heard people say, "Oh, well, they made this game for X reason." What are you basing that off of? Well, like they could if, have said it in in an interview. Who knows? But, right, but that's never referenced. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's it's just. Well, I think that they've done okay, but based on what? <laughs> like, if if you're not happy with the game, mm-hmm. you can't speculate of why you thought someone made a game, right? Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, when somebody makes a game, they want it to be sold, mm-hmm. right? Um, if, if if a publisher's picked it up, they've most likely designed that game and want someone to purchase it or someone to enjoy the game from it. Um, I don't know if I've ever heard of a designer designing a game specifically for them or someone they know. Now, that's not to say it doesn't happen. It, I guess is it probably has happened before, but I've got no data to back that up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but again, the way you're going to find that out is you talk to the designer. You talk to the pu- – and honestly, sometimes not even a publisher. It's mm-hmm. it's the designer. Like you have to look at how a game got made in the first place. Yeah. Like who had that initial idea, okay? Well, real, real quick, uh, going off of that of people don't really 
design something specifically for themselves. There is a um, a game in the making right now called okay. Ashes of Creation, and uh, the CEO, uh, lead game developer as well, um, he <laughs> during uh, during an interview he said like, if no one plays this game. Worst case scenario, I made my perfect game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like in that yeah. in that instance, it's like he's making that game for himself, yeah. it sounds like. Yeah. Because um, he has a specific taste. And then therefore, you know, going off of that, it's anyone else who's like him and mm-hmm. has him. And has those tastes as mm-hmm. well. Which so there's there's a lot of people. Yeah, I'm sure. There. I'm sure. I'm sure there are for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but what I was gonna say was like, so that reason it could be as simple as somebody wanted to make a game that had Disney and Final Fantasy characters in it, mm-hmm. like Kingdom Hearts. I I honestly I don't know why that game got made. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why it got made. I'm not complaining know. because I love I love Kingdom Hearts, mm-hmm. but like Disney crossed with Final Fantasy. <laughs> Heck yeah, <laughs> that was sweet. <laughs> Back in the day, that was that was that was legit, man. Back yeah, in the was. day, um, but I don't know why that game got made. Right again, if I wanted to find out, um, I, I'd ha- I'd have to talk to the designer, <laughs> uh, honestly, and like whoever got involved. Because like, there's sometimes there's there's in the making of a game comes down to I, I think it comes down to a couple of different things. Again, this is just based off of what I know and what I'm kind of gathering right from industry. I think most of the time it comes down to there's a designer who has an idea for a game and they want to make this game. I don't think it happens normally from like the publisher standpoint where mm-hmm. like the publisher has a, an idea of a game they want to make and then they have to talk to a designer to get them to design a game or they have like a designer on staff and then they design it. I think it's normally the other way it goes. Right. And so, you know, then, then, then you have to get into the, the, the talking point of where does an idea come from? Like an idea can come from a number of different places. Like I think of Eric Lang, right? That guy has designed so many different games and like he's designed so many different games too. Like it's, it it's funny. Like he did, uh, uh, the Game of Thrones, the card game, mm-hmm. right? That's a living card game. Um, he also did the Dice Masters. He, I think he originally did that game. Um, I, I believe so. But he's also done Blood Rage. He's done a lot of different games and some for Pandas. I believe I believe he was on staff. Oh, Simon. He was on staff for Simon. Um for a little bit. I'm not quite sure how long exactly. I'd have to I'd have to look into that to be to be specific. Um but the games that he's designed are so many different types of games. Um, I mean, we've played Dice Masters, and mm-hmm. Dice Masters is fun. Yeah. That's a really interesting take on card games cross with dice games. Mm-hmm. It's very, very cool. Um, so, I, again, I, I, you, we'd have to talk to him and say, okay, why do you design each and every one of these? Where did those ideas come from? Who did you make them for? Right? Because you don't... When you're designing something, when you're making a product, you're you're there's a reason you're making it, right? Mm-hmm. And you're also making it with someone in mind. Like you're making the game for a specific for a specific group of people or a specific interest, like a specific interest of of a certain group of people as well. Mm-hmm. So so this this leads me into the next point of um you know, the the designers make their games for a specific reason. 
reason and for a specific audience. Okay, I think I think of the movie. Have you ever seen the movie um, The Patriot? Uh, very little. So Patriot, Patriot, here, Patriot there. is one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. of all time. I absolutely love it. Um, it's it's set during the Revolutionary War time period uh, of of America, the United States. Um, it's not it's not a war movie. It's not. It is set during the Revolutionary War, mm-hmm. and it's heavily influenced by that time period. Mm-hmm. But it is not a war movie. It is, and I was thinking about this the other day. It is a movie about a father doing everything that he can to keep his family safe Mm -hmm. and to not lose his sons to a war. Okay. He failed at losing two sons. Like, spoiler alert. (laughs) I mean, this movie's old. It's Um, been on, what, 30 years or something? Not No, not that long. (laughs) No. um, I came out when I was in high school. Okay. So not not that long. (laughs) Yeah, so so it is it is really about mm-hmm. a father doing everything that he can to save his to save his family. Um it, it is a fantastic story about about a father doing everything that he can and yes, in the middle of a war um and participating in the war. Um but it it's more so a story about that than it is a story mm-hmm. about America during the revolutionary war. Okay. Um so I mean, it t- it tells a great story. Um, the setting is great. Um, there's so many reasons why I, I love that movie. Um, but it, it, there's a point in that movie where um, the the father was asking his son if he remembered how to shoot, and he's like, well, "Remember what I taught you?" He's like, w- "What did I teach you? Aim small, miss small." Mm. So you know what he's essentially talking about is you know if you're aiming. Um, you want to aim at a, the smallest point possible, right? Because if you aim, if you aim at, let's say, a dime, okay, you know, your, your dime is on a large target, okay, if you aim specifically for that dime, you will be within, you'll be very close to that dime, right? Mm-hmm. But if you aim at the entire target, who knows where you're going to hit, oh, right? Right. right. So that like that is applicable in honestly any sport where you're aiming something, you're you're aiming a, a bow and arrow or, or anything. If you're if you're trying to aim anything, you want to aim at a the smallest target as you possibly can. If you have a large target, you want to minimize that target as best as you can. That's why if you look if you look on on, on any target, you've got the bullseye, mm-hmm. how it's it's that small red center. Yeah. That's what you really want to focus on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, let's let's apply that to to designing a game, right? If you want to sell as if you're if you're designing something just to sell as many copies as you possibly can, you're going to sell very little, mm-hmm. I think, right? Because there's 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 nothing holding that game together, right? When you design it for a specific um interest, right? then you know what kind of game you're trying to design, mm. right? If you just go, oh, well, I want this in it, then I want this in it. Um, oh, I, w- I want a party element in it, so we're going to yeah. throw this into it. Um, oh, we need dice involved. Okay, now let's get some cards into it. 
you're you're gonna have a smorgasbord of nothing. Yeah, I think I'm busy that day. Yeah, That's gonna be <laughs> right. <rough. laughs> exactly. Right. Cards, dice, party-sized groups, <laughs> a board, moving little meeples around. Oh, there's also a DVD that you have to put in. <laughs> It's a phone app, Dan. It's a phone app, okay? It has that too, okay? <laughs> the DVD gives you a QR code. <laughs> That's all the DVDs there for. Because we, we we need to serve we need to service the older generation yeah, too. Right, right. Yeah. 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 Uh and it also comes with a flip phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're probably not gonna sell very many copies of that. So um but before before we continue that, um um, if you're if you're into if you're into the video game space, there's a game that came out relatively recently called Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, it is a Dark Souls RPG. If you're not familiar, Dark Souls was a game series to where their main selling the main selling point to that game was it's extremely hard and you died all the time. Yep. <laughs> it it appealed to a very specific subset of the gaming community and was insanely popular. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest reason it was insanely popular was gamers of of a lot of video gamers really wanted a very difficult challenge. Mm-hmm. Dark Souls provided that challenge. Yep. So what the designers it's from from software. So what developers did was they took that idea of Dark Souls and then turned it into a an open world RPG game. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very different. It's a. It was a different style or take on the Dark Souls uh, formula, but they just applied it in that type of setting. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, because again, I I have not played it. I never played Dark Souls. Um, actually, I take that back. I played Demon Souls for a little bit, not not long at all. That was the first one mm-hmm. of the series that came out. I think I have them all in my Steam library. <laughs> <laughs> This new one seems interesting to me because I don't know in the other ones if you're able to be like a caster, but this new one you're able to be a caster. So I'm like, yeah, sign me up I, for that one. I, that yeah, I don't cool. know. I think I think the original Dark well, the Dark Souls games were all about physical, yeah, physical damage, and like there wasn't much casting of, of okay. spells. I don't think so. Again, if you know, correct correct us if we're wrong because um, we're just, we're not totally sure. Um, Okay, so like going into it, like if you knew Dark Souls, if you knew From Software, then you probably knew what kind of game that was. Like for me, if I see From Software, the developer, I immediately know what kind of game it's going to be. It's not that that's not for me, um, but I've just never really tried it to see if it's something I enjoy. Yeah. Right. But again, I see From Software, I immediately know what kind of game that's going to be. So there was a recent video that I saw because of another YouTuber's reply to this video. Uh, it was it was like a whole kind of controversy type thing, which I honestly don't really want to get into. But I do want to mention this guy's take, okay, his opinion. Okay, so this guy, and it's funny, the guy who did this video, he's he was a TV reviewer. He never does anything about video games, but oh. he decided to do a video on Elden Ring. I'm like, okay, okay. all right, cool. He's already not in that genre. Yeah, right, right. He's he's already not in his target audience, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So he basically does a video talking all about Elden Ring. Um, and what his opinion was, what he said was he he was not happy with the game, right? Because he didn't enjoy it, right? And so what he said, what he said was, 
Elden Ring should have been made or or he he either said that or he said was made. One of the two. Elden Ring was made for everybody. No, it wasn't. It was one of the worst takes I'd ever heard. Now, fully granting, yes, it's an opinion. Hmm. And it's just that it's an opinion. But no, you're 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 wrong. Games specifically, like again, in 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 application, in context, Elden Ring was not made for everyone. Elden Ring was made for a specific group of people, and you know what? I, I won't even say group, but I'll, what I'll say, I'll say interest, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Elden Ring was made specifically for people within the video game community who are looking for an extreme challenge on the open world RPG. Period. That's exactly who it was made for. It was not made for every single video game player. It wasn't. Like, I just, that boggles my mind. Like, how can you, I don't understand how you can arrive at an opinion like that. Because, I, I mean, also, just, just, just from the standpoint alone of acknowledging you like some things and you don't like other things, mm-hmm. right? If you like some things and you don't like other things, don't wouldn't you want those things that you do like the people who make those games wouldn't you like them to make more of the things that you do like and less of the things you don't like All right again you would think so yeah like y- acknowledging is that selfish sure it's selfish but you want more stuff for you to play you wouldn't necessarily want something for someone else to play right again being selfish sure yes l- well let's acknowledge that sure Especially if it's a drastic change from the developer that you know and expect things from. Yes, correct. It's like, oh, we go from this really hardcore game Mm -hmm. and then it's like, oh, well, you guys have made like a sequel to your Demon Souls and and Dark Souls, Mm -hmm. but it's now super easy and Mm -hmm. anyone's playing it. and, And now there's even other stuff added to it that it's like... You know, adding the whole caster thing as well. I'm sure mm-hmm. that was that was actually different for a lot of people. Yeah, because yeah, right. What it was three, Dark Souls two. Yeah, Demon Souls and Dark Souls two, two, and then Dark Souls three. I think. Okay, okay. I believe. I believe. Yeah, I'm I'm fairly sure that's it. And then, and it was all pretty much big weapons or swords, axes, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then they go into the next one, adding casters as well. Which is huge for me because I really like being a caster and that has drawn my attention to the game. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't change the fact that, all right, all those other people can still do exactly what it was they could do from the previous ones. And then if they want to branch out and do some a little bit of magic. All right. So you had Demon Souls in 2009, Mm -hmm. Dark Souls in... Yeah, so Dark Souls was a sequel mm-hmm. to Demon Souls, and that was in 2011. Dark Souls 2 was in 2014. Dark Souls 3 was in 2016. Okay. So, so now they're on the Yeah, fifth. and then they, and then they had Dark Souls remastered and then <laughs> right. they did they re, they remade, well, they remastered Demon Souls. Okay. So, yeah. So, pretty much the fifth of its kind. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Um yeah. and then but Rather than them making smaller changes, what if they're now just like throwing in random puzzles of like little blocks and cubes mm-hmm. and now you got to get some colors all mm-hmm. together in it. And mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, but why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you 
like when you try and do too many things in a game, it just it waters it down mm -hmm. and it literally zaps the fun out of it. Mm -hmm. It zaps the fun, the enjoyment, the difficulty. Like if you're trying to make something that's hard, why would you put stuff that's easy into it? Yeah. Like your goal is trying to make the most difficult game that's ever been made before. Mm -hmm. um, like the whole thing with the Dark Souls games was how many times can you die, right? <laughs> And like, and again, like the whole Dark Souls thing that that's uh, that's a totally different topic for another day, right? Because that's it's, that goes into the challenge, right? Yep. If you beat something that's easy, like, is it was it <laughs> worth it? Like, like what did you legitimately accomplish, right? Mm -hmm. And so that was part of the reason that they made those games was they wanted to give players a challenge because you know they thought everything was too easy, right? So. Whoever made that video, <laughs> no, Elden Ring was not made for you. It was not made for everybody, but that's okay. Like we gotta, we, we have to get away from the mindset of, okay, I don't like this game. Therefore it sucks. <laughs> like, no, no, like just no. If you don't like it, then you don't like it. That's it. Now it's a totally different discussion. Like we're having a different discussion if, okay, if the developer or designer or publisher, whoever has come out publicly beforehand and said, we're making a game for th this subset of the gaming community. And here is what we hope to accomplish with the game. Mm -hmm. And then it doesn't live up to those expectations. Okay. Then I think if you're criticizing the game because, the game sucks. because <laughs> it didn't live up to it. Then okay, yeah, that's that's a completely different <laughs> discussion that we're having. Yeah, and and that's happened plenty of times before as well. Um, I mean, Kingdom Hearts three, like the build up to that game was crazy. I mean, I've been waiting for that game for what fourteen years. Ten, I I will I waited for that game for forever. Um, I enjoyed it, but it was not worth the weight that I put in for that game. <laughs> Let, let's let's just say that. Um, yeah, you're telling me. But it was not. It was. It was a lot easier than than two. Um, it just, yeah. It that game did not live up to the anticipation. Mm -hmm. um, so again, those are different conversations that we're having, right? But just because you didn't like something, then you know maybe the game really wasn't made for the type of player that you are. And you know what? Like I think that's another a better way of phrasing it and thinking about it of. Instead, instead of saying or thinking about maybe the game wasn't made for me or made for you, think about it from the standpoint of maybe it wasn't made for the type of player that you are. Yeah. Like that's kind of how I had to think about Villainous, right? Because Villainous is a casual game. Sorry. It's a casual game. Straight up is. You agree or would you disagree? hundred <laughs> percent. <laughs> and that's okay. Okay. This is this is going to lead us in, in, into the next point I want to talk about here. But Villainous is straight up a casual game. Like, Say it one more time for the people in the back, Dan. Disney Villainous is a casual game. Okay, Does not mean you can't play it competitively. Now, now okay, now let's, let's actually, like, what do, what do I mean when I say casual? Okay, obviously there's a winner and a loser, right? Mm -hmm. In most games, you have a winner, someone who's going to win and someone who's going to lose, okay? Well, Dan, if there's a winner, then automatically that means it's competitive. No, <laughs> that's not what I mean, okay? That is not what I mean, okay? When I say, like, a game is competitive, 
or it's casual. What I mean is it was designed with competitive play in mind. Okay. It is very thought thought out and very thorough. And th- this is nothing to say with 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 how strategic the game is. Okay. Mm-hmm. The game, it still can be a very strategic game, but there also could be a component of we've never designed this game with competitive play in mind. This game was straight up meant to just be played at your kitchen table in a very casual format and really not taken further from there. Okay. Mm. That's what I mean when I say casual. Now, if, if, if I say a game was designed to be competitive, okay, then they have, then it was thought competitive play was thought about beforehand, right? It was, there was organized play in mind. Mm. They have rules set up to where, okay, here's what happens in X situation. Okay. There's, it's a complete different mindset when you have something that's casual and competitive. Take Magic the Gathering, for instance. Jim, do you know how many pages the Magic the Gathering rule book is? Page? No clue. Pages. No idea. So it's 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 very interesting, right? As I'm actually looking this up. Um, let's just go rules. <laughs> Um, yeah, so let's see. But I do think there's also like over 900 rulings. I don't know the exact right. number, but I'm so, going to right. over 900. So Magic the Gathering comprehensive rules. So the one I'm looking at, they're effective um, of April 17th, 2020, uh, 242 pages. <laughs> 242 pages. Now, now, I will say this is a game, again, this game has been around for a very long time, almost 30 years, as 28 years, I think now. Um, who's been around for a very, very, very long time. Obviously they've had a lot of time. They've got, <laughs> they've had a lot of time to, to, to get this game where they want it. Yeah. Okay. I, I will grant you that. Okay. However, 242 pages. I mean, they have their rulings, right? It's like subsection, you know, 103.5.2.1A. Yep. You know, it's 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 insane the level of detail because Magic is an extremely detailed game, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, I think someone tried designing a um like an algorithm to that could play the game like it's not even possible or <laughs> it was it, it's something to where like if you've ever played Magic Arena and you play against a bot it's the dumbest bot ever. <laughs> there's so many things. There's so many lines that you have that that you a computer has a very difficult time mm. thinking about. Um, so it, it's crazy, right? And then and then you get to villainous. Like, how many pages is the rule book? It's five. You know, it's like barely any, right? And again, like that's okay. Like there's that's not to say villainous is bad, magic's better. No, I'm not saying that. But clearly very different games. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm I'm gonna say it again. Villainous is not competitive. It's casual. It's straight up a casual game. It is. Now I'm amazed, I'm still continually amazed how popular the game is. Now Honestly, this goes back to the whole IP thing, right? It's Disney. You slap Disney in anything, you're going to have so many fans right away. Um, And so that, from that standpoint, I guess I'm not surprised, right? (laughs) That makes, that makes a lot of sense. It makes, it makes a lot of sense as to why it's very, as, as to why it's very popular, right? 
Um, okay, so depending on what the game is, right? If it's a casual game, if it's a competitive game, like fans turn games into what they want. Okay. In the case of Villainous, right? You have a game that was designed to be casual, designed for families in mind. Again, go back to that conversation we had with Sam, right? We, we had this exact conversation, right? The whole concept and the thought behind that game was for the players to really feel like they're stepping into the shoes of these villains mm-hmm. and they're trying to relive these Disney stories that they heard when they were kids. I've told this story. I'm going to tell it again. First time I played the game, I was Jafar. I loved Aladdin when I was a kid. Love Aladdin, right? I felt like I'm playing through that movie trying to capture the lamp and get the <laughs> genie so I can take over Agrabah. Yeah. It was so cool. I remember that feeling. And that feeling is really what the designers had in mind when they designed the game. They mm-hmm. wanted to get families around a table and just enjoy have it have a Disney experience together, essentially, right? That is what they wanted when they designed the game. Okay. Now, game goes on the market. Now you have the the competitive people pick up this game, magic players, right? Let's again, we're just we're, with what we're talking about, right? You have magic players pick it up. Hey, this is a card game. Very interesting. Um, I have a magic background. Okay, let's play. Oh man, this is this is kind of cool. I can see the strategy. Again, there's cards. Ooh, sign me up. Mm-hmm. Again, this was me, right? This was me <laughs> when I first played. I'm like, oh man, this is really cool. Remember looking at the cards. Thought the cards were very, very cool. They're they're very neat, very detailed. Yeah. I thought I thought the design and the artwork was phenomenal, right? Very, very cool. And so you get those people playing the game and asking all these questions. How does this interaction work? How is how do these two cards interact? What happens when X happens? Okay, all right. Well, now we've got all these different characters. Okay, all right. Let's get a tournament going. We're gonna have uh, weekly events with prizes. Yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. That's not what the game. That's not what the designers had in mind when they initially designed it. Yep. Okay, but you have what the designers thought about beforehand, and then what you then you have what customers and fans i won't even say want but what they turn it what into. they turn it into yeah. right to they, they can be two completely different things i think when a game um, really succeeds is when you have the designed game and then what the fans are doing with the game and it's one and the same yeah. right i think that's when a game really 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 shines um, that's not to say that's the only thing that can happen. You can have what the designers thought about beforehand, and then you have what's been turned into by the community over here. And like that can still work. That can still function. I mean, it, it clearly because th- it happens in so many different games, right? So like villainous is a perfect example of something that was designed casual. And then you have people who turn it into competitive, right? But and then you have the opposite too. You have something that is designed competitive, but then gets played in a casual situation, a la EDH Commander for Magic the Gathering. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm sure I am sure there's plenty of other examples too. Like honestly, any game that you play at your kitchen table, like Pokemon, for instance, right? You there Pokemon has a very um very competitive scene as well, right? But that's also, again, something that can just be played straight up at your kitchen table, 
yep. right? So you've got you've got the competitive scene, and then you have your kitchen table uh, casual scene as well. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's there's it's not it's not that we're we're not saying that that these games can only be enjoyed by the way that they were initially designed. Definitely, definitely not suggesting that at all, um, because I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do I do that stuff all the time. You know, right. Recently, Pokemon came out with like a board game. We're gonna put that in quotes. Oh, they get people. Yeah, the the like ba- I think it was called Battle Academy, something along those lines. To where it was like they even actually gave you a board, mm-hmm. which is supposed to be more like a, a play mat, but yeah. for both players, and mm-hmm. it's pretty much made out of the same material as normal board games. Yeah. They give you little pieces as well to be keeping track of life and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm just like, wow, they have taken a card game, mm-hmm. turned it into a board game. Yeah. But it's <laughs> still a card game, it's basically. Still a card, <laughs> yeah. It's still Pokemon. Yeah, it's still it's Pokemon the exact DCG. same thing. Yeah. But they just have now turned it into this, and that draws people who are really just also into board games, getting them into Pokemon. Yeah, try, tr- trying to target a different mm-hmm. audience with this specific product. Yep. It's the same thing with Magic, with what Magic was doing, which is the Coast, with mm-hmm. their um, – what they have – they've got so many different products now, but there is a certain product. I think it's called like Game Night game night uh, or yeah, something yeah, yeah. Yeah. it was like in a hexagon yep. type thing where they give you certain cards that yeah. trying to get a very casual board gamey type people it into was, it was a pentagon but yes yes it was pentagon. one forever color yeah. one, oh there you yeah, yeah, that, makes color. that makes sense yeah, yeah. yep yep so because I, I remember and that was super cool yes because yeah, it then was. it would just be like oh we got four people all right, everyone pick a color. <laughs> yes. Yep. That's right. Because you, you had those mono. Yeah. That's right. The mono color decks. Yeah. Yep. Because uh, I remember watching a Command Zone video mm-hmm. where they 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 played that product. Um, that was kind of cool. <laughs> they played it on game nights. They did. They played the game night on. Game I don't nights. know. I don't know what the product was called. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was. Game I think night. it was too. I think. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. I'll, I'll, but not with the K. It was just no, night. No. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yes. So. Um. So. So we, we we talk about these casual games being turned competitive and vice versa. Ultimately, I think it's a good thing um, because, honestly, the more people that are playing the game that you love, the better for everybody involved, the better for you, the better for the game, mm-hmm. uh, the better for the publisher, the designer. Getting more fans ultimately is a good thing because yeah. then you have more people clamoring for more <laughs> stuff for the game that they love. Yep. So um, – you, this this might seem like it's like a Debbie Downer type conversation. It's not. It's really, really not. Because at the end of the day, I honestly, I want to help people who are like myself <laughs> be less upset and sad when they don't find enjoyment in the game that they want to find enjoyment on. Yeah. Because I honestly, like when you sit down at a game, you want to have fun, right? You never are searching out to play a game and then to not have fun in that game. Mm-hmm. So it feels bad when you sit down and you play a game and you you don't have fun. That the, that villainous video, I did not have fun in that in that game. Now, I enjoyed the process. Like I enjoyed learning, um, but at, at the end of the day, I just didn't have a good time. Now I'm thinking about that game. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, that was it just it was just not enjoyable. Now, I also attribute some I, I attribute some of that to myself, not knowing exactly what to do in the situation. I started off playing a character like I was playing Lotso because uh, I played Syndrome. Mm. Um, I started off playing like Lotso to where I needed to get heroes on the board so I could vanquish them. No, those cards that took heroes and put them on the board were specifically in the deck to place heroes if you wanted to move the remote so then you could take the remote and then do your win condition. That's not how I played them initially. Um, So my mind was not where it needed to be. Um, It was in lots of mode. I needed it to be in syndrome mode, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, So I fully acknowledge that. Doesn't make it any better. <laughs> the best part about that that episode was when it was over. But honestly, <laughs> but you no, know, you want to know the best part is so many people agreed with us. Yeah, I know. That I was is what the comments. That's what surprised me. I'm like, all right, then I'm not. We're not crazy. Mm-hmm. I was <laughs> waiting really for someone crazy. to be like, well, this is what you're supposed to do at this moment. And I'm like. Wow, literally everyone was like, yeah, we had the same thing happen. We <laughs> yes. hate these characters. <laughs> I'm like, all right, all right. Then I'm glad, like, I'm glad we're not the only ones who had that experience. So yeah. um, that felt, it felt good. It felt, it felt better. It felt mm. better. We'll, we'll we were that. validated. There we go. That's it. That's it. That's it. Um, so that's, that's really it. I mean, it's helped. It it does help. Like it helps me understand and realize. Hey, maybe this game just isn't wasn't designed for me. And then if that's the case, I'll probably stop playing that game and then play something else that I will enjoy. Yeah. Right. Um, because like at the end of the day, I want to play stuff that I enjoy and I have fun with. I don't want to play something I don't like and I mm-hmm. don't enjoy. Yeah. Uh, so like maybe that. Hopefully that helps somebody else. Just think about if you enjoy if you play something and then you just don't enjoy it. I mean, maybe it wasn't designed for you because then think critically. Well, why did you not enjoy that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because it helps you know, it helps you learn yourself a little bit better. And then it also take that information that you've learned and then now apply that. Okay. Here's who designed it. Okay. Here's who published it. Um, and like who worked on the game helps you better to know them mm-hmm. and then helps you better to know you. Like if you play Stonemeyer games, game for instance like let's say let's say you play scythe um or, or whatever and then you're like oh man i love that game so much then you see tapestry if you've already played scythe okay then you know okay there's here is what did i say tapestry mm-hmm. all right you see stonemeyer games all right i've already played all their stonemeyer games love them look at who designed it jamie stegmeyer Actually, i don't know i'm pretty sure he designed tapestry um i know he designed scythe i'm pretty sure he designed tapestry but anyway you like you look at all that information and you're like okay i already liked his games before mm-hmm. And then you're already know you're like, all right, I'll probably pick this up because I've already got other stuff that I've enjoyed by those people as mm-hmm. well. So again, it's 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 like it's continually learning about yourself and then honestly the community, right? Yeah. The the designers and the people in the community. So it's also a, a difference of not so much like a completely different game of you know your what your interests are in it. It could also be a thing of well, I just didn't like playing that one character. I didn't yeah, like yeah. playing that one hero. I didn't like playing the play style of this one specific person. Yeah, true. And then true. Right, we go we go over here and play a different one. It's like I've played some rough characters in Villainous, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I am not a fan of yeah. these <laughs> yes. specific ones. Yes. But then I'm like, you put me on Queen of Hearts. I love Queen of Hearts, Yeah. right? Because it just also 
I mean, I get to turn cards sideways, yeah. right? <laughs> like that's that that's a that's a good point about a game like Villainous, where mm-hmm. there's so many different ways mm-hmm. to play that game. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's an advantage of games like Villainous, where you have, I mean, what is it, 21 characters? There's yeah, 21 different villains now that you can play. So there's a lot of different characters that you can play. Like me personally, I kind of want to try Syndrome again just to see if I can. See if I get to a point to where I know how to play him. You're brave. And then enjoy him. Like, I want to get to the point of, okay, if this is how he's played correctly mm-hmm. and, like, it still does nothing, okay, then no, I'm done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's that's a that's a good point. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a very good point. It's the same thing when we were playing uh, Marvel Villainous. Yeah. I loved playing Ultron, but I also know it's terrible diverse. Because I, I think I'm decent at playing Ultron. Yeah, and like that's another character to where I just I want to keep I want to play him a little bit more just yeah. to see if it was just that one it was a one time thing yeah. or if it was just now nah, he's really busted. He's really strong. <laughs> he yeah. seems to be able to manipulate the fate deck seems yeah. very powerful. Yes, yeah, especially in that game. Yeah, um, yeah. So um, there's one one other thing I I, I did want to mention here. So okay, if you make a lot of house rules. For mm-hmm. a game, that's probably a good indication <laughs> you're not playing the game the way it was intended. Mm. So in that video, um, in the comments for that last villainous video, I had a lot of people, I had a lot of comments say, um, yeah, we have a house rule. We have a house rule. We have a house mm. rule. Like, are, that's cool. Like, because, the, like, that's good. Like, if you have a house rule, that means, <laughs> to me, it means... Here's something you want to enjoy it, but you had to implement this other additional rule to to make it more fair or enjoyable or, or whatever it is mm-hmm. for you to be able to play it. Like, it's great. But if you have to make all those rules, you're probably not playing it the way it was designed yeah. or intended to be played. Or it could also be a thing of uh, more of like rather than a house rule, a house ruling for the Same thing. Yeah, same thing. Okay. Yeah. Because then at that point – you know, we've talked about this. Unless you go online and find something mm-hmm. that specifically tells you how this interaction works, mm-hmm. sometimes you just don't know and you have to make the, right. the call on the spot. Right, right. And to me, like, uh, because villainous is. And then how is, do you play that vil- as vil- intended? Villainous <laughs> is a perfect example, right? Yeah. It is so open ended. And again, in that conversation with Sam, it was like, well, I mean, the way it goes is, you know, it's just, well, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Like, if the answer is, what do you think? then probably a good indicator this is not supposed to be played at like at any competitive level really not because if you don't have a universal rule of this is how this thing works how is anybody supposed to play it on any sort of competitive level Mm -hmm. you can't like you can't do it unless you have a rule like, okay, here are the competitive rules for this game. Okay, here's a tournament, and here are the rules we're going to go by. There mm-hmm. is no, here's what I think. Yeah. Like, that's not how it works in, in competition. There's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not. You have to have a very strict set of rules. That's why there's judges, refs. Correct. Making sure every Correct. single thing is going according it's to con- plan. It's consistent. Yep. You have to be consistent across the board. But if you slip that ref a 20, <laughs> you know, you might get away with some stuff. <laughs> 20? Dude, that, you might get a side eye from that ref being like, for real, dude? All right. All right it depends. Like a little league game? All right. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Like your six-year-old son there? Uh, he'll probably let some stuff slide. Yeah. T-ball? <laughs> 
<laughs> T-ball. Nope, he needs that. That was not a foul, sir. <laughs> Sit down. That's good. He was not out. That was a clear save. <laughs> Just imagine those, those the parents as uh, as uh, my 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 my. Son did t-ball last year. Yeah, I just I can imagine because I had there were no parents that were like this. But what are you t- what are you talking about? It's like dude's freaking t-ball, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it's t-ball. Welcome to welcome to the game where the the runs don't matter, the points are made up, and the rules don't matter. Whatever it is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the rules are made up, and the points don't there matter. There we go. That that's what it was. There we go. So. All right, that I think that's all I got. Uh, do you have anything else for this? Because I, I think we pretty much hit on like everything we kind of wanted to yeah. touch on. Yeah, I think we're good. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, uh, I guess one one other thing to yeah. go into. Disney Villainous is a casual game, <laughs> not competitive. I concur. That's it. That's all. <laughs> that's I all to we add. got. Okay, so now we're talking about card of the week. Yay! Card of the week. Card of the week. Card of the week. All right, cool. All right, Jim. Were you just singing out of the box? <laughs> is that what it was? That's what that was. That is what it was. Yeah, yep. I, I don't know why I have that theme <laughs> stuck in my head. I used I to know. love that show. It's weird. <laughs> All right. So, so this week's card of the week, we are doing. We're doing our first Yu-Gi-Oh card. Ooh. First Yu-Gi-Oh card. Uh, so I'm just going to talk and then I'm going to get out of the way because I know literally <laughs> zero things, zero things. You could ask questions. I'll ask know? some questions. I yeah. know zero things about this. So so today's card of the week, card of the week number four is Pot of Greed. Dan, do you know what Pot of Greed does? It allows you to draw two cards. When I saw the card, I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> wait, that's it. That's all uh, this that's, card does. That's all it does. Dan's like, why, why are we picking this card? Because... <laughs> It's like the most broken card in all of Yu-Gi-Oh ever created. Which 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 is crazy to me. It's also not true, but it's it's an amazing card. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, so yeah, it just all it does is draw two cards. Literally, my first reaction when I looked it up, <laughs> I looked it up, I pull it up, and it just says on it, draw two cards. I'm like Wait, that's it? Really? That's it? <laughs> I was expecting like an entire text box nope. full of stuff. Nope. Just draw two yeah. cards. Now, I do know drawing cards is the most powerful thing you can do inside card games mm-hmm. is draw cards. So I know that. So drawing two cards is double, doubly better than drawing <laughs> one card, right? So, I mean... Drawing two cards, normally normally in Magic, it's like you pay four to draw two cards. So mm-hmm. if you're paying four to draw two, like that's kind of the resource I'm looking at. So I also know that in Yu-Gi-Oh, playing a card is essentially free. There's yeah. really no yeah. resource you have to pay. Yeah, it, if, it's, if there is a cost, it would be like discard another card uh-huh. or it would say pay life or okay. it would say like get rid of something on the board pretty much. Okay. Um, that's pretty much the cost. It's not like, oh, I have to tap four mana yeah, in right. order to draw two right, cards. Right, right. So, so for Pot of Greed, the last format you could play this card legally inside of Yu-Gi-Oh! was goat format, which was all the way back in 2005. This card got banned in October of 2005. And before that, it was actually only played as a one. 
You could only play one copy of it in the entire deck. And how big are Yu-Gi-Oh decks again? Uh, 40 cards. Oh, so 40 For, cards. 40 okay. to 60. Okay. 40 to 60. And so... Oh, so there's a max. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they, <laughs> yeah, they, they introduced a max later on. It oh. used to be like not really a max, oh, okay. but then, yeah. Okay. Um, so really what this card does is makes your deck 37 cards. Instantly. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's true. And then if there was any possible chance you were able to play three, you we're talking what, oh, 31 yeah. cards in yeah, the deck. So that, that's, that's a quarter of your yeah. deck essentially. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Yeah, so just from so just from this one card you're cutting off like a lot of percentage of deck thinning for for your uh, deck. Yeah. And so later on, they so this card has been banned since October 2005, okay? Like straight up banned, right? It's it's just banned. Wow. In in all competitive play. Mm-hmm. Um and okay. so the only way you can actually play this now is they just recently came out with a new format called Time Wizard format. Okay. It's named after another one of their cards called Time Wizard. Okay. And uh, what it does is the people who are hosting the tournament for this format, they can set a specific ban list. So if they ever make it to where it's October 2005, you are now able – or slightly before then, so August 2005 um, or September, you are now able to play Pot of Greed at 1. And that's the only time legally in competitive play. Oh, so for the Time Wizard format, they yeah. can set a date exactly. and say, we're looking at the ban list from this specific date. Yep. Understood. Yep. That makes sense. Okay. Exactly. So with uh, GOAT format has been a thing for a few years mm-hmm. now, yeah. probably like five, six, seven years. Mm-hmm. And so people still play this card inside of that format. And um, and now they came out with Time Wizard. People are a lot more excited about that format as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the thing about Pot of Greed is, sure, it's only a plus one, right? Mm-hmm. Because it replaces itself and then gives you a whole nother card on top of it. Mm-hmm. But it gives you cards you normally weren't going to be able to find as well. That turn? Yeah. So yeah. so in Yu-Gi-Oh, there's not... There's a lot of draw cards, but they kind of don't really work together necessarily. Okay. Pot of Greed is the only one that really works with all of them because there's okay. nothing else you got to worry about. So mm. Pot of Duality made it to where you look at the top three cards of your deck mm. and take one. But you can't special summon at all that entire turn. And oh, in Yu-Gi-Oh, that is big, huge. I see, I see. Yeah. Okay. And then there's other ones, Pot of Desires. You exile the top 10 cards of your deck. So instantly, 25% of your deck is face down exile. You can't interact with them at all. Hmm. And then draw two cards. So, and people were playing that at three. That's crazy. <laughs> there's an, another recent one. I forget the, I forget the name exactly. Um, but so your extra deck in Yu-Gi-Oh is consists of very strong cards, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, most of the time, those are the cards you bring out in order to win the game. You have 15 max mm-hmm. and they all tend to be very good. Mm-hmm. A new card, you can, you can get rid of three or six of them randomly from your ex- from your extra deck, mm-hmm. random. And then if you got rid of three or six, you draw one card for three, two cards for six. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's wow. 
they're throwing a heavy cost on drawing cards in Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. But then we can also say that Yu-Gi-Oh has a lot of value cards as well, rather than just drawing cards like you want to do in Magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh's like, oh, th- I play this one card. It allows me to now special summon any any specific one from the deck. Mm-hmm. So it could be like, oh, I played a Shadal monster. It now allows me to special summon another Shadal. Mm-hmm. Oh, and these now go to the graveyard. They now get their effect to allow me to special summon another one from the graveyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can now special summon from the extra deck with those two cards that I just put into the graveyard to also mm-hmm. get their effects to now give me another card effect. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much like, cards in hand advantage mm-hmm. but cards overall out on the yeah. field also in the graveyard because graveyards really matter mm-hmm. along yeah. with in the hand um so pot of greed is one of the very few cards like itself mm. yeah and uh it's broken it's never coming off the ban list <laughs> and uh <laughs> you guys out there keep dreaming but yeah it's not coming off the ban list i i Again, I, I don't know very much anything about Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, but so, like I said, when I first saw that, I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. Dan's thing was like, that's all That's all it does? <laughs> <laughs> like, yep, she's a beauty, isn't she? <laughs> I'm like, what? I guess, yeah. What's, what's the... What's the card the, looks cool, though. Yeah. Uh, the alpha card in Magic that's one mana, draw three. Brainstorm? No, not Brainstorm. No, no, no. Um, it's just one mana draw three cards. I forget the name of it, but that card is at one inside of like, not legacy, um, vintage. vintage. It's at one in vintage. It's, it's banned in every other format pretty much. And I'm looking it up. To and see that instantly has a cost, right? Mm-hmm. So when we're starting to talk ancestral about recall. ancestral recall, That's there it what is. It was, yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh Oh yeah. That you said that is that banned? I believe it's at one in vintage. Uh, so restricted. Yeah. 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 Because I don't think there's any banned cards in vintage. I don't think so. Oh, I think you're right. Probably like the really crazy ones like Charizard. Charizard. Yeah. To play a sub game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, right, right, yeah right, that right. one's banned in like every single format. In every format, yeah. 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 So okay. Yeah, it's I mean, it's a cool looking card, but again, for me, not knowing much about <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh, that's very interesting. Like, I, yeah. I learned quite, quite a lot when, <laughs> when Jim was talking about Pot of Greed. I was uh, like, huh, mm-hmm. very interesting. So again, that that also for me brings me to what I enjoy Yu-Gi-Oh. You know what I mean? Like, Dan, you're Yu-Gi-Oh. a combo player. You'd like Yu-Gi-Oh. That's true. <laughs> totally true. Absolutely. You'd be like, what do you mean? I don't got a big cost. I can just go off. <laughs> That's why I love Pokemon. <laughs> it's like the, de- the deck I'm playing no in Pokemon. The deck I'm playing in Pokemon is just like, I do this, then I do this. All right, let me find this. Get that out. All right, so bench, bench, bench. Let me get this. Yep. Bench, bench. Okay, turn one. I got a full bench. All right, kill your dead. <laughs> well, you went first. You don't get to attack. Go to my turn. No, no, no. That's when I go second because you never choose to go first. Yeah, no. You don't I don't understand why people are choosing to go first. I don't get it. I'm playing Pokemon like yeah. I play I've I play Pokemon TCG online and like I'm like all right I lose the flip okay I guess I'm gonna go first and, and, the, like, and then nah. they're like all right opponent goes first I'm like what I'm playing standard okay so I'm playing my I'm playing Mew Genesect <laughs> which if you play Pokemon 
Yes, you you know what deck I'm talking about. And if my opponent has one active Pokemon and I go second, I'm like, dude, You're I dead. can kill you. <laughs> I'm like, I can kill you if I draw <laughs> if I draw one Pokemon and then I draw into um, Battle VIP Pass. Yep. Dude, I'm gonna have a full bench. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty crazy. I I enjoy <laughs> Pokemon. Um, yeah, so I'm interested. It's a crazy I'm game. Very interested to check out Yu-Gi-Oh. So, mm-hmm. all right, that's all we got for you today. Um, that is episode 45. Um, so thanks everybody for being here again. Um, if you could drop us a like, subscribe, leave us a review if you are listening to us on any of the podcasting platforms we greatly appreciate it um and with that jim where can people find you on the interwebs yeah you guys can find me on twitter twitch instagram at jim morgan hnh all right you can find me on instagram at daniel.g.campbell and twitter at underscore gg campbell um and then go to our website www.hobbiesandhappiness.com um you can find all of our links to our social platforms mm-hmm. youtube's pretty much everything there um the website is Still a work in progress. Uh, it's coming along, but uh, it is it is functioning. Um, we post our podcast there, mm-hmm. post pretty much everything we can there at the moment. Um, still trying to work out some design uh, things that we want to do with it, um, but it, it is at least live. So We also started live streaming. We did. As well. Speaking of, we are potentially going to be doing another one this coming Saturday. Hopefully, fingers crossed, maybe we'll see. I uh, want to do another test stream. Um, mm-hmm. uh, again, we still got a few, little bit of testing I want to do just to kind of make sure stuff is functioning. Um, so want to do one. Hopefully, Saturday, we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. So with that, thanks, everybody, for being here. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Here, buddy. Here. Yeah, no.